everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Canadian RegTech Association's podcast. This episode is part of the Founders Series, where we'll invite the founders of innovative high-growth companies operating in the RegTech space and hear about their vision and some of the opportunities and challenges faced on their journey to grow their business. My name is Myron Milliardaire, and I'll be your host today. By way of background, I'm a corporate lawyer at Miller Thompson and have significant experience supporting companies operating in the technology, media, and telecommunications sectors. I advise on domestic and cross-border mergers and acquisitions, private equity, venture capital, and corporate finance, as well as the day-to-day -day corporate needs of companies utilizing cutting-edge technologies, including artificial intelligence, fintech, regtech, and blockchain. For those of you who don't know, the Canadian RegTech Association, we're a non-for-profit organization focused on solving regulatory challenges through collaborative efforts between key RegTech stakeholders, including regulated entities, technology vendors, and regulatory bodies. So joining me today is Alexon Bell. Alexon is Chief Product Officer and co-founder of Contexa, where he has led the design, build, and deployment of a new approach to detecting, preventing, and disrupting financial crime. This includes building from the ground up new correspondent banking, markets, retail, trade, AML, and fraud solutions for the industry, which is transforming the monitoring of KYC and KYCC processes of numerous organizations. Quantexta itself is a contextual decision intelligence software company that empowers organizations to drive better decisions from their data. Using the latest advancements in big data and AI, Quantexa platform uncovers hidden risk and new opportunities by providing a contextual view of internal and external data in a single place. It solves major challenges across financial crime, customer intelligence, credit risk, fraud, and throughout the customer lifecycle. So Alexon, thanks again for joining us. And uh, I, I think I gave you a bit of an introduction to, to Quantexa, but it would be really helpful if you could give us a bit more and, and, and maybe delve into the products and services the organization offers. Brilliant, thank you, Myron. Yeah, so um, as, you, as you say, Quantexa is a software company. Um, we're about five and a half years old. Um, and I'm, I'm one of the six founders of the business. Um, so again, um, our, our journey has been um, different from the start. Um, what do we do? I think what we do has evolved as the company has grown um, through the various funding rounds and also the kind of realization um, about what we could do or what our software could do um, for different organizations. Um, so um, we, we, we started off our journey um, to, to form Quantexa. Um, you know, the founders, we'd, we'd all worked in a number of bigger organizations previously, um, and we had heard very consistent um, messages back from our kind of existing customers at that point in time about what things they liked, what things they struggled with. Um, and there was a growing, I, I suppose, discontentment in the marketplace around things like time to value, inflexibility of software products, um, and how they they didn't really play nicely with other um, companies. And so we formed Quantexa with a philosophy that we wanted to do things differently. And we wanted to build software that could solve multiple problems within an organization um, and do that 
in a sympathetic way to you know the big data and big technology strategies um, that are currently in flight within big organizations right you know technology or modern technology should be easy to work with it should be flexible and actually that software should mold itself to the bank's processes and systems and not the other way around um, we also wanted to build a company um, that allowed organizations to be self-sufficient so they wouldn't be beholden to the vendor to make changes um, so again we kind of made investments into training academies and adopting open source um, and doing things like that um, and what we try to do is essentially understand the decision making process of organizations and if we look at you know the journey that we took to forming Quantexa, there was always this question about why are there so many false positives in AML systems? Why do organizations make poor credit or lending decisions? Um, and we came upon a theory that actually it was a lack of relevant data, or as we call it in context, a context around that particular thing that you're trying to make a decision on um, that made, made, made that meant that you made the wrong decision. Um, you created alert when you shouldn't have done. And so we built I suppose the third generation of, of a social network piece of software that many of us had worked with in previous organizations and lives. Um, and we adjusted that um, and we innovated around uh, how it's adopted and how it got used uh, and the transparency of that to solve, I suppose, firstly, anti-financial crime use cases. Um, so things like anti-money laundering, um, trade finance fraud, markets AML, but we have now subsequently uh, through various investment rounds, broken out from the financial crime space uh, into insurance, into government, um, into kind of utilities, telecommunications. And we're doing things as well outside of the financial crime arena. So things around kind of credit risk, um, marketing, so the acquisition of new customers, um, but also in the data management space. Um, and I suppose, what do we do? I suppose we're this uh, very interesting hybrid of where we, we can actually be a software platform that sits within the data fabric of an organization and basically collates and disseminates information um, more effectively and efficiently. Um, or we can be a much more focused, what we call vertical solution <coughs> that solves an organization's, you know, markets AML, trade AML, insider fraud, um, ESG um, solutions. So um, that's us kind of in a nutshell. We're, we're, we're quite simple, but quite broad. Uh, that's great, Alex. And that gave uh, some really good uh, an outline and a basis of understanding here as well. And I know you've you've touched on the the issues uh, Quantex was was trying to address, but I would like to take you back to to day one when you were when you were thinking about this company. What really inspired you to start the business and your your fellow co-founders? Um, yeah, I think you know we touched upon them, right? It's it's about a different philosophy and a way of working. Um, can we build a company that solves problems in a different way that delivers faster time to value as well as flexibility and agility um, into an organization? It works in harmony um, with its existing processes um, and it forms you know, a collaborative ecosystem, right? That's really what open source is about. It's about you know, collaboration um, and allow us to, to kind of do something and create something a bit differently. Um, so we, we started up as, as a bit of a hybrid, right, consulting, 
um, and software. Um, so consulting was kind of paying the bills for us as we uh, developed our software. Um, and it was really that kind of previous life experience where we, we realized that actually there was, we, we could think of a better way to solve the inherent problems uh, within organizations. Uh, and so we set out on that journey um, to build software that would do so. So I think the critical thing here is we actually knew what the problems were that we were solving and we built software specifically to solve those problems. Okay, great. Yeah, now that, that's, a, that's a good basis to start with as well and, and, uh, and to go on there. And, and building on that point there, um, when you really started out, I'm sure you faced some, some really interesting challenges and, and, and barriers when you, when you first started out. I, I'd love to hear about those and, and some of the strategies you took to overcome these. Yeah, so I think, you know, starting a business is, is not easy, right? I think well, it's definitely about having a strategy to start with, but it's, it's not just about strategy. Everyone is contributing from the very beginning. So it's, it's an agreement, right? and, and again, for us, it was an agreement between six founders on what we would be doing. Um, we obviously came together um, and we had a very complementary skill set between, between the founders, right? Uh, domain expertise, right? Business, sales, technology, analytics. So understanding where our um, relative strengths and weaknesses were right, as the founding team, and then um, starting about the journey to the business, right? And the first thing about the, the business is how do you start it up? So, you know, in the beginning, we were self-financing, right? The, the founders um, didn't take salary, most of us, for a year um, to help start the business. Um, it was then about, you know, that, that journey around how can we develop some revenue streams um, so that we could exit the first year of the business. And we know, I think, what, the statistics like 90, 95% of startups fail within the first year. If we could get out of the first year, then um, we knew that we uh, could be successful. Um, so I think the other thing about starting up is how do you get your first projects? Um, so obviously, you know, we, we had a slight advantage there is that um, you know, many of us were kind of seasoned professionals. We were well known in the industry. Um, and a lot of organizations um, had worked with us, right, in the past. So they trusted us as individuals. Um, so we could actually, you know, leverage those relationships to talk to organizations about specific problems that um, we knew they needed solving. And basically using the trust that we had built previously um, to start our first projects. Um, and again, right, there's definitely healthy skepticism. Um, so if I look at the world that I, I worked in, which is the kind of anti-financial crime space in, in AML, you know, this, there are some very big, well-established players in this marketplace. Um, so rather than try and take them head on in their kind of core areas like case management investigations or detection within retail banking, we went for the areas that they weren't very strong in. So things like complex investigations, complex detection in, in markets, trade, correspondent banking, um, where we knew that there was pain points for organizations. Um, and essentially, right, we, we engaged in proof of concepts. Um, we had to put, um, we had to gain their trust. We had to tell them and show them that these problems that were previously unsolvable are actually solvable in Quantexa. Um, and, you know, that's quite a big claim. Um, 
And essentially those were the kind of first engagements as we started, right? Proof of concepts, right? Truly a proof of concepts. Can we take um, a process around you know, connecting data and understanding relationships which are described in networks to solve multiple problems? Um, and not just do that, but do that at scale. And I'm talking billions of records here, right, for the biggest banks. Mm -hmm. um, but when we could, when we actually prove that out, then there's realization about actually what can you do? Um, and the first parts of our journey was so interesting because our customers that we worked with were like, wow, this is so amazing. Can you solve this other problem for us? And we we're like, yeah, we think we can. Um, let's have a go. And so we, we kind of developed this, this journey of uh, working and, and partnering really with these big tier one banks where they actually come and ask us to solve problems for them, which then builds out our kind of broader solution set. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I, I think one of the, the key things jumping on what you were saying there, I think was, was we hit the nail on the head is, is really the ability of startups and, and companies to, to get past that one year mark where the idea is great, but the funding maybe isn't there. And the, it, it becomes a discussion about can you support yourself and prop yourself up through, through revenue or, or uh, fundraising too. So I, I think that's a great point to make. And and the other point too is the on the the trust side, um, being able to establish trust through your your team's experience prior to, um, and looking for those those niche needs that that you can get quick relatively quick wins in is is I think critical for a company. So I think that was great to hear yeah. about that. One more thing I I suppose which maybe I didn't touch upon is actually being a solution to a problem, mm -hmm. not searching for a problem to solve. Um, and, and that way you can be quite focused. You can say, look, I know you've got this problem, Mr. Mr. Bank, right? I can solve that problem in a different way. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and then you prove it as opposed to, you know, being, being some form of technology looking for a problem to solve. So we came at it from a very kind of pointed perspective, which is, I know what the problems are. I believe I've got a solution to that problem, which is not the current in, in the current thinking of other solutions out there. And right, so with suitably, sorry, so suitably differentiated, I was gonna say, sorry, Mario. Oh, no, no problem, Alex, I know that's, that's helpful. And as far as from your perspective there, did you, uh, I'm assuming with, with this approach and, and with any new company, um, it was a lot of proof of concept in those initial stages uh, where you have the trust, but you have to really show the solution can perform and, and finding a strategic partner to do that with. Did you find that or did you approach it in a different way? No, that's exactly the way that we approached it. And um, again, right, we, we had our Series A funding from Albion and, and HSBC. So HSBC was that kind of first bank that we worked with um, to solve some of their kind of most difficult AML problems. Um, and so, you know, that was the genesis of, of some of our solutions is, is working with them. Um, and it's, it's about not just the, the explanation, but it's the technology that backs it up. So technology also just doesn't magically work, um, right? Technology does some things, but actually you need services and delivery people to embed that technology into a bank. Um, so actually, right, there's, there's more to it than just, you know, a fancy algorithm. It's a fancy algorithm that can run every single day and can run in HSBC current volumes at 50 billion plus records. So the, you know, there's, there's, there's different things and different problems 
And I think we were very lucky that we solved the problems for the biggest banks first, because scale um, and size um, is, is a difficult technical challenge in of itself, let alone like just, just processing 50 billion records is, is difficult. Then if you have to do things like you know, connecting different data sets together and understanding transactions and looking at networks of behavior and then running scoring over the top of that, that's actually what you're doing when you are solving an analytical problem for an organization. It's about assembling data, organizing that data, running clever analytics like the AI and machine learning stuff, and then servicing that output to a consuming individual or system right, that affects a decision right, or affects the way that the operation is running. Alex, on that was great to hear about the, uh, the, the, the manner in which you've, you've grown the, uh, uh, the business and overcome those challenges. Maybe we can shift gears a bit to, to financing of the business. Um, I know in the initial stages, uh, you self-funded, um, and that was, uh, you've mentioned that too as well, but I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more about how your sources of financing has changed over the, over the past uh, period of time as well. I know you've just recently closed your Series D round, so congratulations on that. Um, but yeah, I'd like to hear a bit more about how you funded the business that, so far and how that has changed. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting journey. As you grow up, um, you encounter different challenges. So in the early days, right, there was a lot about, um, you know, consulting, right, uh, alongside licensed revenue for software. Um, obviously, investors prefer licensed revenue if you're a software company and not services heavy. Um, <clears throat> so you need, to, you need to kind of formulate um, how you are going to grow the business. Um, and we actually took some very difficult decisions in the early days, which was we really wanted to scale by partners. So you can imagine, right, you're a, you're a one or two year old uh, startup business. And what you're going to do is you're going to take revenue from you and give it to a partner for deployment. Um, and that was difficult. Right? It was quite painful in that kind of growing up phase, but it's paying dividends now because partners are you know, able to take those de deployments for us and, and help us to scale and grow. Um, and how, how do we do that? Well, we basically then started to take financing to kind of supplement that uh, growth strategy. So um, you know, we, we had Series A, which was kind of Albion and, and HSBC. Um, and that was really you know, after we'd done our first proof of concept. So we actually knew that the software solved some problems for organizations. So we, you know, we took Series A really to start to build the core platform, kind of you know, help us accelerate the growth plans of the business um, and also then to help us you know, deliver on the philosophy of kind of self-sufficiency by you know, allowing partners to kind of work with us on projects um, so that they could understand what we were doing. Um, you know, Series B came in um, after that. Uh, again, I suppose you know, we'd got two, three or four customers by, by this point. Um, and there was a realization that actually we, we didn't solve just one problem. We solved three, four, five problems within organizations. And so we actually wanted to start to accelerate time to market, right, and expand into new geographies. So we took Series B, right, Dawn leading that round, um, and essentially that allowed us to expand into new markets like the US, into Australia, um, and into Singapore. Um, it helped us to broaden um, outside of financial crime into things like customer insight, so the ability to help organizations acquire new customers. And that was really refreshing, right? So I'm working on the kind of darker side of things with kind of criminal identifying criminals, right? 
terrorists and human traffickers and money launderers. The fact that you could take the same technology and actually find opportunities with organizations, right? That was truly wonderful to, to kind of see that piece. Um, and it, it made us realize that actually there could be a lot more to this than um, just what we set out to do with our kind of first customers. Um, and then we kind of completed series uh, C, right? So ah, I've forgotten the name of the investor. Hopefully it'll come to in one second, but we completed series C. And I think um, series C was um, all about understanding the power of the platform to not be just this kind of focused solution, but to be a broad platform that could play with um, the data fabric of an organization. Um, so that was like um, a realization that we could be this hybrid platform where organizations could essentially just take our technology and build with it uh, themselves. So Evolution, sorry, um, remembering who they were, Evolution came in as in kind of leading series C. Um, and, and again, just acceleration, right? So not only was it horizontal platform, but now moving out um, into other industries, so telco, government solutions started to go live in production as well with Series C. So really getting an appreciation that we could solve multiple problems. Um, and then we get to this point here. So interesting, right? Series C uh, with Evolution leading that round, um, we closed in the pandemic, right? Just as it started. And, you know, my, my, you know, the CEO Vish was saying, that's the first round that we've ever done where we didn't meet the investor face to face. Um, it was a really you know, new experience. And, you know, we did that again in Series D when kind of Warburg um, led that round. Um, but again, it just shows you how um, dynamic this industry is and how actually if you need investment and you have the right credentials and you solve the problems, um, there are organizations that are willing to invest in you. Um, and obviously the, the latest round with Warburg right, is, is just about acceleration to growth. Um, strategies around, you know, powered by Quantexa um, <clears throat> in various different solution sets um, and how to make our um, approach much more consumable for kind of smaller, mid-size um, organizations and to just keep going on that kind of multi-geography, multi-sector expansion plan that we've got. Um, and I think it's really important uh, for other startups to kind of think about when and when and why and who your investor is. So with us, we were always looking at how can we spend this money wisely? Um, because you know, when you take on an investor, you take on responsibility. They typically sit on you and they're going to sit on your board um, and they're going to ask you to do something. Right? You need to have a plan um, for what you are going to do with the money that they're going to, to give you. And just spending more on marketing is never a good answer. Um, and it's also then, you know, about the, the rebaselining of your business plans. So you're going to take this investment and what are you going to do with it? Um, I think also there are different sorts of investors that you can have, right? Those that are kind of hands off that just provide money or actually those can, that can actually help you drive the, the growth of your business. But we've always gone with the latter, right? Those that can offer incremental value to um, the friends and family that we currently have. Um, either with our direct in our current investors, our advisory board, or just our wider kind of contacts of advisors um, in the industry. Um, and I think that's also been um, really 
powerful from a growth perspective. So, you know, one of the things that we've been delighted about is actually the word of mouth about how well Quantexa performs, right? That's both time to value, right? Flexibility, agility, you know, and, you know, and, and actually it does what it says on the tin. Um, those word of mouth conversations um, are so important to the growth um, of a business. Um, and it's, the, you know, it comes back to quality of people, quality of investors, um, and, you know, the, the focus and direction, everybody pushing or pulling in the right direction so that you are on the right trajectory of where you want to go to. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think a couple of really good points you've raised there, Alexon, and I'm glad you hit on them is, um, and it sounds like, and from my experience, this is true is, is the conversations with investors changed as, as you move through the, the rounds is in those initial stages, you have really got a strong point to prove that you can really make this successful. But as the, as the rounds continue, you still have to show incremental success and progress but it's it's more so about the uh, the the financial protections that the 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 investors are looking for. Um, it's it's less about proving yourself. So there's there's less discussions about milestones and breakdowns of of how the funds are going to be distributed. I think that's uh, that's an interesting point there. Um, and then the second Just, point. Go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was also going to say that as you grow, right, your business has to become more consistent. So there's a, you know, there's a much bigger focus on sales and revenue and revenue distributions. Um, and obviously, as you know, whatever your aspirations are, like you want to get bought, you want to IPO, you know, there's, as you get bigger, there's, there's a certain degree of rigor you have to introduce into your business. Um, and that rigor is not just for investors, right? You owe a duty of care to your employees and your people, but right? you, you can't be, you know, buying buying business that eventually kind of erodes the value of the company and it basically fails right that's that's a disservice to your employees and your investors so you have to introduce rigor as you get bigger because you know, what are we now right we're 370 employees on the way to kind of 400 450 we have a duty of care to them to run the business in you know in a, in a proper fashion whereby you know they you know, their, their children can go to school, they can keep a roof over their house, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's, there's, there's definitely um, a continual evolution in the mental aspects um, that each round presents, but also in each year, right? You know, we're, we're very different from when we first started, right, with seven, seven people mm -hmm. to kind of where we were with 50 people to 100 to 200 to 300, Um but also there's just that expectation that um, as you grow, you, you're no longer a startup, right? You're a scale up to actually, we're, we're probably a mid-sized business at the moment in, in, in five and a bit years. Um, and you have to manage that business accordingly. Um, so that does mean right systems and controls and processes have to be embedded. Um, and you have to think about that in advance. Yeah, exactly. And focusing on stability and, and bringing in the right people uh, at various stages is, is critical too, as you grow and, and, and expand and, and uh, you bring in people who know who have been on the journey and, and have also are able to stabilize the business and ensure those revenue streams continue in a, in a manner that's uh, reflective of the size of the business. Yeah, you, you raise such an important point there, right? So it's all about the people. Um, you know, we have 
hired the best people, right? The smartest people, the ones that can solve the hardest problems. Um, but in order to do that, you need to have a rigorous hiring process. You have to invest in hiring the best people. But if you have the best people, you can maintain a healthy culture, right? Of collaboration and cooperation and teamwork, right? Determination, ambition within that culture. Um, you can do amazing things. Um, but again, all of these things you've got to focus on, um, and, and especially in the early days, right? You can't have any bad eggs. You can't carry people because you're so small. But as you get bigger, that also is, is a critical factor because you don't want to let any rot set in and you certainly don't want to be too skinny or too fat uh, to execute on your business plan. So there's, there's a constant focus on people um, and that is not just acquiring new people, but as you grow and you become more successful, um, you definitely become a target for headhunters and they want to, people want to take your people and you've, you've got to find a way to keep them with you. Yeah, retention is critical. It really is. Um, I, yeah, and I, I, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I'm going to leave us with our, our, our final question here, which I think is one of my favorite ones to ask is, is really, uh, Alexa, what are you seeing are the biggest challenges in the industry um, uh, context it operates in and, and the customers it supports in the, in the next five years? Um, I see it as a, as a tremendously interesting time. Um, so you know, we, we see the AML market and the anti-financial crime market in absolute disruption. I would like to think that Quantex is leading um, part of that. Um, we, we also see that organizations are adjusting from kind of product or integrated product stuff to vertical um, solution um, to, to, to more kind of horizontal ecosystems. Um, and the adjustments of those kind of larger programs within organizations is, is, is fascinating to see how it plays out. Um, I think the challenge um, to deliver all this change is, is a fight for talent. Um, you know, the, the best people um, are in high demand. Um, how do you um, acquire them? Right? If you're growing, you need to hire new, hire new people, you need to retain them. Um, I think also there's just, a, you know, the, the kind of relentless pace of change in technology um, and being able to keep pace with that. Um, and, and then alongside that, the need to innovate. Um, so you, you can't stand still, um, especially in the kind of technology marketplace. Um, you have to continually innovate, keep ahead of the competition. Um, and that means that you've got to have a smart strategy. You've got to know what you're targeting um, and you've got to deliver upon that because what you don't want to do, again, all, all funds are precious, right? These resources are precious. You don't want to waste them. So um, there's, there's a lot of thinking uh, around having to do that. Um, I think the other piece is how will we go back to normal, right? With uh, you know, the end of the pandemic, hopefully in sight, um, the adjustments right, of society that sits around that, um, how will we work? Right. How would we collaborate? Um, what are the kind of social problems, data problems, financial crime problems, um, the geographic spray is spread, the nature of uh, business? How how is technology going to facilitate that um, and be an accelerator to, you know, bigger and better things as opposed to being a hindrance? Um, so I think, yeah, those you know, fight for talent, relentless pace of change, need for innovation. And I suppose then the 
the return to normal um, out of this pandemic and how software can help on that journey. I think those would be the, the biggest things that we're looking at at the moment. That's great. No, there's a lot to look out for too. And I think it's exciting and, and uh, an exciting time. Uh, Alexon, thanks again for joining us today. Really enjoyed this conversation. Brilliant, Myra. It's been a pleasure. It's been great talking to you as always. So, so thank you for inviting me to this. That's great. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And, and uh, for our listeners here, please do stay, uh, stay in touch and uh, check out the CRTA's website for upcoming podcast webinars. There's a lot of activity and, and uh, media being uh, and articles being published by the CRTA. So it's a great source for, for cutting edge uh, knowledge of, of the industry. Thanks everyone. Mm -hmm.